Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work podcast. In this episode today we have Pranali Save, CHRO from Isitis. Pranali, it's good to have you here. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Ashmita. How are you? I am great as well, Pranali. So, it's a pleasure to have you, Pranali, on our platform. So, before we just jump into the podcast and the questions, I wanted to, you know, just to get set some context about you and what you do. Can you share our uh, share a bit of your journey with our listeners? For oh, sure. So, it's been an exciting journey working across different sectors of organizations different geographies cultures so i started my career in mumbai you know with a background in statistics and then uh, an mba in human resources which is not a very common combination started with the construction industry which was you know nascent company just started with godrej soaps uh, moved on to manufacturing and then last 20 years or so has been with it so worked across it service companies global captive centers product sectors so on so forth different geos some interesting cultures north america china north africa uh, scandinavia europe so it's it's and of course india so it's been fun another aspect has been looking at organizations or supporting them across different life cycles right from godrej which is over 100 years of legacy to coming now to my role as the global chro at isotis which is it's a startup it's an um, enterprise ai software company at, that's actually market leader in the contract life cycle management space and you know going through a hyper growth space so supporting that just makes sure that uh, I'm on my toes all the time. Well, on the personal front, uh, continue to be happily married to the same person, two lovely kids who keep me grounded no matter what happens at work, and uh, that's me. Interesting, interesting journey you had, Pranali, and uh, some wonderful things you shared with us. Thank you so much for that. And uh, coming to the first question, Pranali. So what points do HR leaders have to keep in mind or should keep in mind while they're enhancing their employee experience uh, for employees you know both who are working from home as well and as well you know like offices are opening right now so people who are returning back to the office any organization that is guided by a strong culture and a set of values i think can not just build but enhance the employee experience and then it really doesn't matter whether where the employees are working from whether it's home it's office or you know a cafe for example so that that becomes less important then so i saw this for example was built on a strong belief that uh, you know culture and values would really determine success for the organization both in business and to be an enduring organization so just to take an example we define our values with the acronym of 40 fairness openness respect teamwork and execution so when we look at fairness with the new hybrid model how do we ensure that the environment remains inclusive and fair to every assertion which is what we call our employees 
whether they are working from home or office. So, you know, we said, how does a new person who's entered the organization experience culture if they are working in a remote setup? So we came up with a culture handbook. You know, we tried actually to articulate all the abstract things that we talk about from a cultural aspect, common phrases that are said. We took those, we took pictures and tried to build that experience and enhance it for an isolation who's never been inside of an isolation office. Other things we look at while trying to keep the culture inclusive for all kinds of workforce uh, segments is also things like proximity bias. How does that not happen? How do we not build a new set of haves and have nots based on who can come to the office, who cannot? And I think the most important thing is to allow the flexibility to employees and managers alike to decide what works best for their team instead of, you know, making a one central mandate. So those are some of the tips I can share. And last but not the least is try to use technology because that really can help you get ahead. So one thing we did is we, you know, enabled a conversational AI chatbot. So the idea was that when you're in office, you walk into HR with any query. What do you do when you're remote? So there comes our chatbot where it's almost the same experience. It's not the same, but almost the same. So things like that is, is what I would recommend. There were some great points that you shared, Trani, especially, you know, just leaving them to the, you know, the department managers to decide whether, you know, if they need to come to the office and if they don't need to come to the office. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely amazing points there, Pranali. So Pranali, now we, that we are, see, we are seeing that there are generations of uh, workers and different generation of workers. So, you know, with these different generation of workers, um, their different age, skills, perspectives, their experience are different, their expectations are completely different. Mm-hmm. So how can employers manage and engage them to the organization's advantage? So great question. I think it's not just generations, but in general, any diverse workforces is the core for innovation, for productivity, better business results, and hence shareholder value. I mean, that list is endless. Managing this kind of a diverse workforce calls for, you know, throwing out the one-size-fits-all strategy. So you need strategies which can adopt themselves to different learning styles. You know, take communication channels. You need to start looking at a diverse set of platforms for communication channels. So you talked about generations. You have the younger generation, which is digitally native. And uh, they prefer the social channels or are more familiar with them. So can organizations, especially ones with a longer legacy, start using those to connect with employees? On the other hand, you know, there could be others in the workforce where you still have need for an in-person. You still have need for the written readable format. So, you know, using this this entire uh, gamut, I'd say, as opposed to a one particular style, that becomes very important. Another thing I'd call out is, is how do you get this kind of a multi-generational workforce to appreciate what they can learn from each other? So introducing, you know, mentoring and reverse mentoring styles. Otherwise, there's always this, you know, kind of cliche that mentoring, there has to be a senior person who's then sharing knowledge, but we like to encourage it both ways. Because there's so much you learn and then you start appreciating what's happening. Another last point is about um, what we're doing at iSortis is running a lot of the unconscious bias workshops. Now, again, a lot of companies do that. I think it's really important because there are a lot of prejudices that we don't even know exist. And, you know, we all have this tendency to have stereotypes, etc. I think, you know, this really opens things up and especially doing it in an, in an open dialogue workshop format 
it it can be an amazing experience and that by itself you know gets people engaged motivated and boosts collaboration in a big way that's an amazing initiative uh, pranali that isitis is doing you know all the things that you have mentioned uh, especially the last point i would totally agree with that so you know what are some of the ways you ensure that performance management strategies translate into successful execution on the ground so as as we said earlier you know you can't have a one size fits all for any strategy and the performance management strategies are no different so you need to pick strategies that you know they are not static they can evolve as the organization evolves and you know they are scalable they need to take into account market dynamics those are changing really fast and very important is you need to be also clued into the employee sentiment at any point of time so at isortis we run pulse surveys we use our chatbot to reach out and get feedback and how do we keep changing so we're not stuck with the same approach the second is you know any strategy is only as good as its implementation and there we need to remember that while the strategy may get made at one place implementation happens through the managers and it is extremely important to ensure that they are coached and trained so that they execute it right so those discussions that happen you know there's a continuous dialogue it's a non threatening development based dialogue all of this becomes very important so i'd say investing early and in continuous coaching it's not something you do once and forget about it to enable your managers to have career conversations to be able to give guidance you know to be able to give constructive feedback that becomes really critical for a successful on ground execution one thing we did at isert is apart from this training managers is we also enabled an online coaching tool which any isertion or any manager can sign up to prep up for these kind of performance dialogues so you know people don't go into it somebody could be an introvert and you know not be comfortable with expressing themselves so there is a set of online coaches which who can help guide you through this and prep you up for it so just some of the things that uh, we do that there are some great things uh, pranay that you and your team you know you are doing especially the first point we mentioned that uh, training and also you know that, that career conversations because yeah. there are many people uh, who were like okay i'm here but now where where should i go next so that's something that uh, you know that everyone should start doing as every organization should so probably one of the most common workplace trends cited by all organizations c suits and hr leaders is the enduring presence of the hybrid working model mm-hmm. so how can learning programs be innovated to accommodate the remote and also the hybrid work teams so diversification of your learning program offerings i think that's really the key and uh, this entire shift in learning started even before the pandemic is is how i'd say it just got accelerated through the pandemic and now through the evolution to a hybrid work model so you know one is i would say everyone did the obvious move from classroom to virtual but there are a lot more since then technological tools which are available or technological advances that have been made so which help you to have a more enhanced a more collaborative learning experience through different use of different platforms so that's one shift that i'm seeing a lot of companies are using ar vr you know augmented or virtual reality options to get a feel of uh, experiential learning then there are uh, different kind of portals and tools which allow you even in the hybrid model to get a 
kind of semi-in-person feel. So all of this is happening. Apart from this, the whole shift from an organization-led and controlled learning module to an employee-led learning. So we are, for example, our tagline is be the CEO of your career, own your own learning. So you don't need someone to come and tell you that, hey, this is the program we've volunteered, you know, quote unquote you for. But the organization will provide platforms. You know, now there are so many places you can sign up. We have, you know, a list of those. We say, hey, this is the whole suite that's available for you. See what makes sense. Your manager is available as a coach to help you make the choice. But you figure out how you want to develop in your career. You make the choices and then you choose your learning graph and then you execute accordingly. So that's the shift. And the other with the hybrid model, another change I will say is also the move to, you know, using more of, how do I put it? You know, it's it's uh, learning on demand. So any device, anywhere, looking at small bite-sized learning, you no longer have the one day or even, you know, half a day kind of programs. It's small bits and pieces whenever you can fit that into your busy schedule. And what we're trying to encourage is that learning is not a finite activity. You sign up and, and then it's over. It's a lifestyle. So it's it's like learning as a lifestyle or learning on the go, you know, keep doing it and, and keep staying updated and you control it as the CEO of your career. A great point there, Prani. I mean, uh, there's a lot of takeaway from the two points that you mentioned, be the CEO of your own career. And also the point uh, where you mentioned about, uh, you know, the last point that you mentioned uh, on the go learning or yeah. Uh, yeah. because the learning you know, is a lifestyle. Yeah, correct. Learning is a lifestyle, you know, not some like it's not like it's done in a day. You like sign up, yeah. you know, you're learned it also we have to implement it after learning if Absolutely. you learn you will forget it implementation <laughs> that's the most important yeah so now come we come to the question you know that most of the hr folks would love to know now how digitization would help hr in improving their people operations so digitization i think is no longer a nice to have it's it's a hygiene factor now and i think it's the only way you can stay on top of the employee pulse that is the only way hr can start doing newer things that are expected now you know change management you know strategic support that's the only way you can use technology so that your routine and operation tasks are, are being done through digitization and so on and so forth. Also, if you want to give this inclusive experience to a hybrid workforce, you need to have tools which are enabled. So as I said, it's it's kind of a de facto requirement that, that uh, you know, is, is now set in. And um, there's, there's no reason why I would say companies should not adopt it. The only caution I would say is the companies that will do extra well will be those that use a combination of digitization and personal touch. I think simply using one or the other is always at a risk. So you cannot totally give up on personalization or using human connect or emotions, but you need to do a quick balance of both. And I think that is what will really uh, give you the success you're looking for. Thank you. Thank you so much sharing for sharing that point, Pranali. So the last question would be, what should be an organization's focus as we transition into the new world of working? Yeah. So when you just talked about 
HR digitalization. And I say that, you know, one of the main focus for any organization as you evolve on the future of work scale is, uh, you know, how do you leverage technology better? So how do you use it? How do you balance the whole human connection that I talked about with the use of technology? I think that is going to be one big area. Another that has you know, become increasingly prominent is about uh, mental health and wellness in general. I think it's, uh, you know, lifestyles are changing, uh, the needs of the workforce are changing and the hybrid model, while it allows flexibility and, you know, a lot of benefits, it also puts different kind of stressors on uh, individuals. So this area of wellness, I think is really, really an area that needs a lot more focus uh, going forward into the new ways of working. Last but not the least, I'll say the way you look at company culture, again, is quite different from how it used it used to be in the past with everybody just coming to the workplace. So that is changing in a big way. And uh, HR teams, heads, organizations, I think everybody needs to start looking at how do you help your employees to understand this culture when they are operating in a remote or a hybrid environment. I think, you know, that becomes really critical. And how, despite everything that's happening, how do you stay firm and rooted to your values? So, you know, I just kind of ended by saying that at ISERTIS, you know, our forte values are always our not star. And I think that's one of the things that helped us to pivot, whether it was to remote or now to hybrid. And certainly, although it's something that's always been there, it, it's going to become more prominent in a focus area in the new way of working. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tranali, for sharing your insights. Uh, you know, I am sure, uh, you know, the audience would have a lot of takeaway from this podcast and uh, all the points that you mentioned and uh, especially the point about you know different generations and uh, how do we cope cope up with you know the training of mm-hmm. uh, people who are working remotely or hybrid great points Pranali. it was an awesome conversation uh, but before you leave i would just like to ask you you know uh, can you please share with our listeners where they can reach out to you yeah so it's a social world today so you can yeah. find me on linkedin my handle is pranali save at you know Feel free to reach out at any time. And of course, you know, as the CHR of ISERTIS, we are always looking out for talent. So those of you who are interested, look at our career web pages and then we can have a conversation as well. Great, great. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Pranali. Thank you so uh, much, Hashmita. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it was lovely hosting you. Thank you so much. Have a nice day ahead. Thanks, you too.